0: God, what a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. The one for whom we gather into this place this morning. Because we in this room, wherever we are on the journey of faith, have at least said we want to follow Jesus. We don't even know what that fully entails all the time because sometimes Jesus leads us into some scary places but we believe that He has the words of life, that He is the way, the truth, and the life. And so we want to follow Him, even when we are scared, even when we are unsure, even when we change our mind and turn aside or turn around at times, and Jesus patiently waits for us to catch up. And so we are a grateful people this morning. That Jesus has brought heaven down to us, that Jesus has revealed you to us, O God, that because of Jesus we now know that you are merciful, kind, forgiving, self-sacrificing, willing to give us chance after chance after chance because your grace abounds where our sin abounds. God, thank you. Thank you for all that you have done on our behalf well before we even knew you were involved in our lives. We're sorry for those places that we have turned aside, particularly this week since we were last gathered together There are things that we have done and left undone. We're sorry. Forgive us. Strengthen us anew this day as we uh, hear your word preached, as we sing songs, as we give offerings. Meet us in this place and strengthen us by your Holy Spirit so that we can go back out into the world at the end of this service and be a light for Jesus again. Thank you for asking us to join you in the work that you are doing in the world. God, we admit that part of what it means to have faith is to trust that you are working toward our good at all times. And we come to this place burdened with tragic things, horrible things, scary things, unknown things. Involving ourselves, involving our loved ones, our friends, our family. Situations that we are worried about how it might turn out. And we know that all of these burdens could hinder us from receiving what you have for us today. And so we want to unburden ourselves because part of what Jesus has shown us is that that's what you desire for us to turn to you and to unburden ourselves. And so we're going to call out names, situations, things that are heavy on our hearts this morning. As these are lifted up, maybe one by one or sometimes overlapping, we trust that you hear every single thing that is said in this room and that you're on the case. And so we ask, Lord, that you hear our prayer. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Dad, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Unspoken. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. <clears throat> Lord, in Your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, in Your mercy, hear our prayer. Emily Larson and Baby, Lord, Lord, in Your mercy, hear our prayer. 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 God, I'm sure that there are many unspoken requests. I know sometimes the, the fear, the worry, the burden is so deep, we don't even know how to form words to begin to pray. And so we're thankful that the Holy Spirit is interceding on our behalf when we don't have words. We thank you for that. We thank you for the names that have been spoken. We trust that you're on the case. Now free us to worship you in spirit and truth this morning, and we give you all honor and glory. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Y'all may be seated. Uh, Pastor Roy's going to come up. I'm going to invite the kids to come up for children's time. Good morning. So you got to tell me names. I'm Roy. Hi, Roy. I'm Journey.
1: Journey? Yeah.
0: Superior. Superion. I like
1: that. that, cool that is so, I'm Roy. You know what my name means? Wow. Yeah. Y'all may have great names too. So here's my question. How do you figure stuff out? How do you figure stuff out? How
0: how do you how do you know anything? He doesn't have, have a, a mic. Doesn't have I'm gonna one. give him mine.
1: Oh, I need a mic. Okay. Um,
0: they wanna hear you in the back. Oh, okay. How do, how do you figure
1: stuff out? Mine. Oh, you got one? How do you figure stuff out? learning Uh uh-huh okay so uh, you know uh one of the ways i figure stuff out is i look around like like um,
0: what's the weather like today roy yeah what's it like
1: out there what's it like sunny sunny Sunny? yep how did you know that Uh uh-huh is it cold or is it hot hot Hot? how do you know that
0: because if you
1: feel the temperature outside you felt it on your skin, huh? <laughs> right right there. How do you know, how do you know, look at him. Is he happy or is he sad? Happy. How, how do you know that? Yeah, he's smiling. But, but how do you know that? Because he was smiling. But, because but of his eyes. Because of whose eyes? Um, in, his, in his face. What did, but how did you know that he was smiling? We
0: looked.
1: You looked? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, what, let, me, let me find somebody else. Uh, how about her? Yeah. Is she happy? Okay, okay, okay. I need someone. Uh. Oh, what about him? What about him? Grumpy. No, oh, grumpy. Oh, grumpy. <laughs> Grump, grumpy. Uh Okay, I need somebody over there. Anybody? Anybody? Anybody can fake some tears, maybe. Yeah. Can you? Oh, he. Oh, he can. Oh, what about him? What about him? Oh, he's asleep. All right. That's great. Is he kind of sleepy? No kind of sleep didn't get enough sleep last night. What how do you know that? Because you you looked, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we have some things on us that tell us about stuff, right? Like we have our eyes, eyes and we have our ears. And we have our skin, skin touch things. Um, you know, is something else we got? Our, our mouth. mouth. Our mouth. Yeah, so we can ask questions like so you're happy? What are you happy about?
0: I'm happy that I'm here with all these great people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Why are you grumpy?
0: Because you missed a note? Yes, Maybe you missed a, said, a note. Oh,
1: see, like I asked him a question, right? <clears throat> Do you know what that's called? It's called connecting with him. Why are you happy today? I'm just thankful to be in church. Thank you good health. Listen to that. There you go. Thank you. So we can look. Okay, God gave us eyes to look and see. We can hear. We can, hear. We can, we can ask ask listen.
0: And we can fill.
1: Okay, so if I'm sitting here going like this. Oh, that'd be your color. Oh. Oh, what are you going to do about it? You, oh. you, get you get me a blanket? You would get me a blanket? Whoa. A, jacket. a jacket? A coat. Wow. What if I was going like this? Water, I need some water, don't I? What if I was doing this? Hungry? Hungry. What would you do if I was hungry? Get you food. Yeah, that's right. What if, what if, what if I was sitting over here and going, oh. Yeah, What what would you do? That's exactly right. The scripture today is this cool scripture. It talks about uh, Jesus talking to disciples and he says, you know, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was, well it says that eventually, but he says I was a, a, a stranger and you, doesn't it feel good when you're a stranger and somebody says, hey how you doing? I'm Roy. See, like I did this morning, like with y'all. See, uh, I was, I didn't have any clothes, and you gave me some clothes to wear. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. And the people said, when did we see you, that? And he goes, oh, when you did it to the very least person, you did it to me. See, Jesus invites us to care for each other. That's a really cool thing. And the way we know to care it's because we have eyes and ears and, and, mouth. and mouth that we can ask yeah. questions. See, like I ask questions. So we can do that with each other and make a really big difference in the name of Jesus. Okay? Would you pray with me? Y'all, y'all help me by praying together. Dear God, Dear God we, give we give you thanks that you gave us all this stuff to see, gave with, us all this stuff to see. With. with. Help us to see each other and know how we can help in Jesus name we pray, in Jesus name we pray. Amen. amen all right thank you guys and we'll see you again next week God bless you
0: Amen. thank you Roy thank you see I learned something new Roy's name means king look at that well let's, let's uh, hear this story in its entirety God, may the words of my mouth and meditations of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you by the power of your Holy Spirit. Show us what we need to see with our eyes and ears today. This comes from Matthew chapter 25. We are looking at verses 31 through 46. Listen now for a word from the Lord. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, Then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. A word from God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. It's hard to believe that Lent, like, this is the fifth Sunday of Lent. Next week is Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday. And then we enter into the most holy week that there is for Christians. So uh, don't forget everything that's going on. We mentioned some of that this morning. Palm Sunday, uh, on Good Friday, we're going to be doing our special uh, communion and foot washing and uh, tenebrae service. Saturday, we have uh, Easter extravaganza here at the church, and then, of course, Easter Sunday. So, it's coming up. But I'm not preaching about any of that. I am a, I'm preaching about uh, Matthew 25, 31 through 46. I, I'm just going to just be honest with you and say uh, I would not have picked this text Uh, If this had not been chosen for me by the narrative lectionary, this is one of those ones that I would skip over. I would pass over uh, this text. Why? Well, um, look in your Bible. Who's got a Bible? Anybody? Uh, Look in your Bible. Is there some kind of bold title or superscription above this section in your Bible? Okay, the sheep and the goats. Anybody else? The judgment of Gentiles. What else? Anybody else? The separation of the sheep and goats. One more. The judgment of the nations. Judgment. Judgment. I don't like that word. Do you? I don't like that word. I looked it up in the dictionary. Judgment defined a misfortune or a calamity viewed as divine punishment or a verdict, or a ruling from a judge. It's not very warm and fuzzy, y'all. This is not a warm and fuzzy story. Now, because the narrative lectionary um, is a little bit different than the normal revised common lectionary that most people use when they preach, because I'm just weird that I use the narrative lectionary, but we are actually uh, forward in the story in Matthew 25, next week we will go back to Matthew 21 when Jesus enters into Jerusalem. But this is actually the last bit before Jesus goes to the cross. This is the last teaching for the disciples. This is the last bit of information that He gives them. So you, you probably would imagine it's probably uh, pretty important. And, and I'm just going to give you what I think this says in a nutshell. Okay, here's what it says in a nutshell. When I return, this is Jesus speaking, I'm not Jesus, when Jesus... When I return, I will separate the sheep from the goats, and the sheep will go to heaven and the goats will go to hell. Right? In a nutshell. I don't like that story. Can we skip over this and preach something else? Can we talk? I don't know. Something? Right? Why not? Now, I'm a recovering Baptist. Uh, (laughs) I was raised in the Baptist church. And uh, reading this story as a kid growing up, whether this was leadership's intention or not, this is what I heard as a kid. This is how I would have read this story, right? In the end, there's going to be sheep and goats, and the sheep go to the good place, and the goats go to the bad place. And so don't be a goat, right? And it's hard for me, growing up as a kid, to really hear this story any other way, to read it any other way. But I thought, you know, I I want to read this with fresh eyes this week. It really helped, I think, that our session at the Breakfast Club at Jocelyn's on Monday. We began to kick around some ideas. But I thought, I want to read this with with fresh eyes. I I think I had told you previously that when I read the parables, if I don't know how to interpret the parables, I always look for the grace. And so I thought, I'm going to look for the grace this week instead of the the grotesque. I'm going to look for the positive instead of the negative. Because I really don't think... In light of, of, of where this is placed, uh, I, I just have a hard time believing that Jesus, in His final instruction to the disciples before He turned to the cross, would have been a teaching meant to scare them. It just doesn't make sense to me. And so I thought, okay, Jesus probably would have wanted to encourage His disciples because He's getting ready to... Turned the whole shebang over to them, the whole ministry, the whole mission. And he knows that they're about to go through something pretty traumatic themselves because they're not expecting, even though Jesus has said it numerous times, I'm going to be killed by the Romans. Even though he said it, they're still thrown off guard. They all scatter. It's traumatic for them. And so I, I just thought, okay, I'm going to try to look at this from the perspective of the disciples who need a word of encouragement before they go through a pretty traumatic thing. The first thing that I noticed was that this story is, is super black and white, right? Folks that love others. Well, are called sheep and the folks that neglect others are called goats. And I thought about my life and I thought, okay, am I a sheep or a goat? Well, I don't really fit into that box. I mean, I, I sure I've helped some people. I, 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 you know, I've come across homeless people and helped them out with food or shelter. I've I, I visited some folks in prison before. I've gone to the hospitals, but I've also neglected other people. There are times that I passed that homeless person up on the street and just kept on driving because I needed to get somewhere. And so I thought, well, my life really hasn't been defined one way or the other. In fact. I don't know anybody personally whose life has been defined by serving other people. I don't know anybody personally whose life has been defined by neglecting or harming other people. Which makes me think that these two groups are going to be very, very small. I'm trying to think of who's one person in the world that I would say their life was defined. By helping the least of these, maybe Mother Teresa. Right? You guys, everybody's shaking their head. One person that their life might be defined by harming and neglecting people, maybe Adolf Hitler. Right? So so in this story, we've got Mother Teresa and Adolf Hitler. That's a very small gathering of sheep and goats, right? Most of the world, most of the people that I know, most of the people that I think of are somewhere in the middle. Their life is not defined one way or the other. We aren't sheep or goats. Then what are we? Llamas. (laughs) Right? That's another one of those animals that you have out in the field and they have whatever. Llamas. What happens to the llamas, Jesus? I want to know that because I think I'm a llama instead of a sheep or a goat. Either this story from Jesus, we we can read this as as a literal way that the things are going to unfold in the end, and we have two very, very small groups of people that fit into these camps. Or perhaps Jesus is using prophetic language as the prophets always spoke. Just turn to the Old Testament and look at the prophets. Prophets speak with language that wakes up the listener, right? Perhaps this is Jesus telling the disciples, I need you to have an image to hold on to because you're about to go through something you don't even know yet. And then someday I'm going to turn this over to you, and you all will be persecuted and killed. Some of you, even crucified, the way that I'm about to be crucified. So I'm giving you some language here. I'm giving you some imagery in the best way that I know how something that's going to stick to your ribs, right? And if this is the case, If this is the case, if this is something meant to encourage the disciples, the last bit of teaching from Jesus before He turns to the cross, then what are they getting? What is the the message? Where is the grace, as I said before? Where, Where can we find the silver lining in this, the grace? So I just started thinking from the disciples' perspective. First thing that jumped out right away to me was, The disciples have been walking with Jesus for three years, sharing meals with Jesus, staying in place to place. Jesus is always there if they have a question, if they need a hug from Jesus. Jesus is there. But that's all about to change. And so the first thing that I saw in this story is, disciples, you won't have to look far to find me. Because effectively... I will be in the sick and in the imprisoned. I will be in the hungry and in the homeless. You won't have to look far to find me. You guys ever seen this uh, sculpture? This is called Homeless Jesus. This was created by a, a guy named Timothy Schmaltz so popular that churches have commissioned it to place in their courtyards or park areas. At first glance, when you see this thing far off, it just it actually looks like a homeless person sleeping on a bench. It's not until you get closer that you find out the bench and the figure, all that, it's all bronze. It's all, it's all part of this statue. But then it's kind of weird, okay, why did somebody create a a guy covered up by a blanket or a robe or something laying on the bench until you look at the feet. When you look at the feet, you see nail holes going right through the feet. What Timothy Schmaltz is saying is, Matthew 25, Jesus is found in the homeless guy on the bench. See, the disciples needed to hear that. They needed to know that. That's an image they needed to keep in their brains. It's an image that we need to keep in our brains. Because if we take His words seriously, we actually meet Christ in the least of these. Anyone who is in need is a chance to meet Jesus face to face. Now, that's hard to wrap our brains around, right? Because you see the homeless guy, and it looks like a homeless guy. (laughs) In fact, Jesus says the sheep, that small group of sheep, they're not even going to realize that they've done this, that they encountered me. Because they're going to say, when did we do that? And Jesus would say, that was me. That homeless guy on the bench, that was me. Oh, I just thought that was a homeless guy. That's good news. but something we have to keep in our minds. Second thing I noticed that the disciples would need to hear is that the disciples were about to go out in the name of Jesus, and Jesus warned them ahead of time, they hate me, they're going to hate you too and they are about to be rejected and mistreated and overlooked, they too were going to become some of the least of these because of their faith. And Jesus is saying to them, you know, when folks don't come to your aid, when folks aren't there to lend you a hand, those goats, they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me because I am in the least of these. And so don't take it personally. It has nothing to do with you. This is something that me and the goats are discussing and we're working out, right? That's good news for us too, because sometimes we're in that place. Sometimes we don't get a lending hand. Sometimes we are at the bottom of the pile and we think, man, what is wrong with me? And Jesus says, look, God will look out for you. Don't worry about them. Just trust God. Third thing that I saw, which I've already kind of mentioned, that the sheep are kind of doing their thing and don't realize what's going on, but God sees it. God sees it, and God recognizes it for what it is. And someday, Jesus says, some people are actually going to receive an award. See, I think that the, the superscription in your Bible, it shouldn't say Judgment Day. It should say Awards Day. That's what it should say. Because some people are going to get awards, and they don't even realize it. Kingdom Awards. Best of. Man. Wow. Oh, why? Oh, why? got an award. Look at that. We're going to be celebrating it, the folks that get, you know, whatever the award is for. You loved the, the prisoner the most or whatever it is. See, we're, we're focusing on this judgment part. We should be looking at the good stuff that's happening, the grace. Wow, God's handing out awards. You see, when we look at this end time image, grace is all over it. And the part that scared me as a kid and that I see instantly even today really isn't the main part. My, I jump to immediately who's in and who's out and what do I have to do to make sure I'm not out, right? And I just don't think that's the point of this story. I think this is Jesus saying to the disciples and to us, look, before I go, I want to tell you one more thing. Before I go to that cross, there's one last thing I need you to know. Even though you won't see me, I'm still with you. I'm all around you. Just keep doing the good work I've given you Do the things that I've modeled for you. Love others the way that I have loved you and loved others. Don't give up. Keep looking for my return. And guess what? You might have an award waiting for you at the end. I think that's what Jesus is saying. But perhaps you, like me, are sitting here going, Yeah, but I just keep thinking about those missed opportunities, and I'm a little worried because I could see the faces of those homeless people that I passed up. I know the opportunities to visit the imprisoned that I've turned down because I was too busy or didn't want to go or too scared or whatever. I see those faces, and I'm a little worried. And yeah, while I may not be a full-fledged goat, I think I'm probably a llama. I'm not a sheep. Well, I think God deals graciously with llamas too. But yeah, but Pastor, the, the plight of the goats is pretty horrible, pretty scary, and I I just can't get that image out of my head. I I don't want to go to that place. Well, I can tell you right off the bat, as your pastor, I don't know of any goats in this room, okay? All of you, or at least llamas, some of you may even be sheep. I don't know any goats. I don't know any personally. But just in case you're a little worried, I wanted to read to you Paul's envisioning of this day when we say the day we're talking about the day the last day capital d the day right jesus returns and it's time to settle accounts i want to show you paul's understanding of this day this is from 1 corinthians 3 11 through 15. for no one can lay any foundation other than the one that has been laid that foundation is jesus christ Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, the work of each builder will become visible, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each has done. If what has been built on the foundation survives, the builder will receive a what? Hmm, Sounds a lot like what Jesus was describing. If the work is burned up, the builder will suffer loss. The builder will be saved, but only as through fire. I like Paul's interpretation because Paul is saying what you do in this life matters greatly in the next life. Okay, there's no way of getting around that. It matters. And some will receive a reward or an award For whatever it is that makes it through that fire of testing, gold, silver, precious stones probably will make it through the fire. But those who did or did not do, built with wood, hay, straw, man, you're going to suffer great loss when you see that your life was kind of a waste. And as stuff is going up in smoke, there's nothing left to reward what's left. I just saw it all go up in smoke. And yet, Paul says, the builder will be saved as though through fire by the skin of his teeth. (laughs) I don't know what that day is going to be like. What do you take from this final instruction from Jesus? Is it good news for you? Is it bad news? Is it encouraging? Is it frightening? Is it confusing? Is it one that you would just rather pass up and let's just go on to Matthew 26? Do you dread judgment day? Do you look forward to award day? How does this final teaching sit with you? As for me, part of my faith journey led me to this conclusion. Several years ago, Remember, I'm, I'm a recovering Baptist. That, the fear of hell is instilled in me, and it's deep in there. And so, like, I, you know, as a kid, just praying, God, don't let me go to hell, over and over, did I mean it this time? Did I have the faith that I needed? Go forward in church half a dozen times, get baptized numerous times, right? Like, I, I, just, I don't want to go to hell. And as a, a young adult... At some point, I just felt like God was saying to me, look, Jimmy, this this is what faith means. This is what faith means. Faith, in the simplest sense, means that you believe I'm a good God. And that whatever the end looks like, even if it involves fire, whether it's a refining fire or a hell fire, whatever it is, that I'm in that process too. So either rest in my goodness or be afraid the rest of your life. And I said, "Okay. I got it." I don't know what the what that day looks like. I don't know. But I believe God is a good God. I believe God is like Jesus. And I see Jesus come to this place and sacrifice himself and love the unlovely and forgive the unforgivable and eat with the sinners and the tax collectors and touch the lepers. Like I see a God that bends over backwards to do whatever He can do to be with those that He has created. And so I trust that God. And so all I can do then in the meantime, all we can do is just try to live as Jesus lived the best that we know how. And so what I want to leave you with then is just a bit of 1 John. John tells us in that short epistle that God is love and says that perfect love casts out all fear because fear has to do with punishment. So if you find that you fear that last day because you are afraid of whatever punishment is awaiting you, my prayer for you is that God's perfect love would cast out all that fear so that you can serve Jesus with joy and not for the wrong reasons. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Will you grab the hand of the person next to you? I would add to that, we're going to lay down fear so that we can serve the Lord with joy. (laughs) Will you receive this blessing? (laughs) May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. May you know that you're perfectly loved. You are completely forgiven, and you are uniquely empowered. And now you're called to go out and be the hands of feet of Jesus in the world. Guess what? We're llamas. We're going to make some mistakes this week. But God's love for us is not swayed by our performance. His very nature is love, John tells us. So that when He looks at us in His amazing grace, He says, y'all are nothing but the best of the best of the best. And if you could leave here believing that, it would change everything for you this week. So in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, please take that word. Go from this place in peace. Amen. Amen.